podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today we're going to go for a wander round paradise. And we're better to start that wander than under the statue of Billy McNeil, the first man in British football to lift aloft that European Cup. Brendan Rodgers is back, the new signings are coming in and we've lost our superstar from Portugal, Jota. So where are we on this pre-season? Well, last season we win the treble and we basically dominate domestic football once again. That's the fifth treble in seven years, a world record eighth treble. But it's all about Europe this time round. We've got to get the bread and butter. We've got to win the league. But what can we do in the Champions League? And that's what we're going to talk about today. A wee look back over the last week on a Celtic state of mind. A lot of people have been saying that Celtic squad's weaker than it was last year. And I don't think that rings true, to be fair. So if we look at that, what we've done is we've lost two goalkeepers and uh, we haven't replaced them. But those two goalkeepers in Barkas and Hazard hadn't contributed anything whatsoever to Celtic last season, so we're no weaker in that department. And saying that, I would like to see a new goalkeeper coming in to challenge Joe Hart. In midfield, Aaron Moy, he played an important part last season, he had a great World Cup, and I think, uh, you know, for his final season in professional football, it was a, a nice swan song. But we brought in young home, uh, the Norwegian, and I think that uh, he will be pushing for game time under Brendan Rodgers. However, we have lost Jota, and I think that's the biggest concern for Celtic fans at the moment. The signings of Kwon and Yang are sure to be announced over the next 48 hours or so. I'm certain that the original plan was to announce them when we were in South Korea for the second leg of the pre-season tour. But as we know, that's now been kiboshed and we'll be going to Dublin instead. So what will these two players give to us? I think that uh, a lot of Celtic fans are looking at the age group and the price range of the four signings so far. You know, they're aged between 20 to 22. They've cost between one and a half to two and a half million pounds and they are the classic project signings. Now, the quality of our squad, the quality of our European run this season will be down to the quality of the recruitment and there are some concerns uh, around that and surrounding that. But what I would point to, uh, firstly, is Brendan Rodgers. He spoke about the recruitment when he came back in. He spoke about the fact that it was a problem last time round. The quality wasn't always there. Did that lead to him departing Celtic Park? Inevitably, I think it probably did. But he wouldn't have come back if he wasn't happy with the setup here. And the setup hasn't changed this season than last season. Uh, you've got to look at that recruitment team and the record that we've had over the last two campaigns under Ange Postacoglu and ask yourself how many of those players were actually identified by Ange? How many were identified by the recruitment team that we've got in here, headed by Mark Lowell? And then I think you get a wee bit of confidence from that. We create heroes at Celtic Park. Jota, Cameron Carter-Vickers, Rio Atati, these guys became heroes whilst at Celtic. They weren't big marquee signings, they weren't big name signings. When we eventually signed Jota and Carter Vickers, sure, they cost us a lot of money, uh, but they proved themselves at Celtic, and I think that these new signings, we've got to give them a chance to do likewise. But then you look at some of the signings that we've made and you think to yourself, right, how many of them were Brendan Rodgers signings? Is that an issue? I don't think it's an issue of the qualities there, and Brendan spoke about that himself. But Celtic fans are now looking at uh, the next batch of signings coming in and I'm pretty sure I'll be asking myself and uh, those in the Axon team will be asking ourselves Did Brendan Rodgers identify that player? Is this somebody that he wants to bring in? 
So where do we need to strengthen? I think that I've already mentioned the goalkeeper position. We'll bring someone in and hopefully he can challenge Joe Hart for the, the gloves this season. In the defence, we definitely need a centre-half. And I think that actually that centre-half was Kobayashi. Uh, we did have that in place. That was the plan. We were well organised. Unfortunately, it's not worked out so far for Kobayashi. Is he going to be one of the players that Brendan Rodgers is able to revitalise? Is he able to uh, toughen him up for the rigours of the Scottish game? Well, he's going to have to do it soon because we've got a competitive match just around the corner here at Celtic Park and we need somebody to partner Carl Starfelt due to the injury of Carter Vickers. When it comes to the fullbacks, we have injury problems as well. Alistair Johnson, such a tremendous player last season under Ange Postacoglu. He's injured, unfortunately, and he'll miss the start of the season. Normally, you would be pretty confident to go to Tony Ralston at that stage, especially domestically, but he's also nursing an injury. We've noticed that he hasn't played in the first two games over in Portugal. Um, so what do you do at right back? Well, do you want to bring in a third right back at this stage, or are you able to run with what we have until such times as Johnson and or Ralston are fit? Left back position. Um, again, you've got Greg Taylor and Bernabe. Bernabe's played so far over in Portugal. And he played pretty well as well, but he's a guy where I think the jury's out. Um, and I would like to see us strengthening in the fullback position. If we were able somehow to get a fullback who could play both sides, I think that would be the ideal um, result for Celtic. And Brendan Rodgers, let's be honest, I think he can uh, bring the best out in some of these guys. I've already mentioned Kobayashi. Is Bernabe uh, going to get a better run in the team under Brendan Rodgers? Let's hope so. Um, if we move into the midfield, uh, we've already mentioned that we've lost Aaron Moy. We've brought in Young Home, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he is able to adapt to the rigours of Scottish football. Uh, but we've also got, for me, the strongest part of our team in the midfield. Callum McGregor just signed a new five-year deal with uh, Rio Atati and Matt O'Reilly, for me, the first picks alongside him. Um, however, there is some speculation around both of those players. There's interest, apparently, from uh, Spain for Matt O'Reilly. And there'll be interest in Rio Atati as well. Hopefully we can keep a hold of both of those players. Um, where will they play? That's another question because we do have that question around the number 10 role. Brendan Rodgers used to like to deploy Tom Rogic when he was at Celtic, James Madison when he was at Leicester. Um, who could fit in there? Will it be Matt O'Reilly? Will it be Rio Atati, Syed Haksabanovic or even David Turnbull? I'm not sure Turnbull has a future at Celtic so it'll be interesting to see if he features in the pre-season games as well. And then we look at the, the wingers. Uh, now Jota, one of the best things about him is he could play left or right. Uh, but we have brought in some wingers and I'm interested to see how they are going to feature over the pre-season games as well. Can we hold on to Abada? I think it's now important that we do that. Maeda signed a long-term deal. And as backup, you know, you look at James Forrest, you look at Mikey Johnson who's also injured again and you, you wonder about his future at Celtic. But also Rocco Vata. I think Rocco Vata's got a part to play as well. Again, like the fullbacks, if we could get someone who could play both sides. Um, and be a first pick and hit the ground running. That's what we're looking for uh, in the wing position as well. Kilgore was sensational last season for Ange Postecoglou. Top goal scorer two seasons in a row. And it was tremendous that he was able to sign a long-term deal under Brendan Rodgers. There was concern that other clubs would be in for him, which is natural when you perform as well as he has done. But last season, it was all on Kilgore, wasn't it? I mean, you've got so many games that Yakimakis ended up leaving the building. Um, and he was replaced by O. Now, O's a player that I find very interesting. I think that he's going to have a big season under Brendan Rodgers. He showed some real promise last season, seven goals and only three starts. But again, he is still the backup. 
If you were to look at what we did last time round under Brendan, you know, with guys like Moussa Dembele and Odson Edward, you would tend to think that perhaps O would be better suited to Brendan's team in the way that he likes to play. But what I would say to that as well is, go back to the Leicester years with James Vardy. Vardy loved to play on the shoulder of the last defender, and that for me screams Kyogo, he's going to be your first pick. I would still like to see a third striker coming in, I think we're a bit lightweight up top when it comes to numbers and it comes to bodies, I would like to see a signing. It's definitely not a priority though. And then behind that you've got guys like uh, Haksabanovic, can he play through the centre or as a number 10? You've got Maeda who has played through the centre many many times in Japanese football and on the right hand side you've also got Abada who can do the same. So two first team starters out in Moy and Jota and we've had four new recruits. How many more do we require? I would reckon maybe three will come in the door before we kick a ball um, competitively here at Celtic Park. What we're doing in the pre-season then, two bounce games at Portugal, one was so secretive no one knew who was playing or indeed what the score was. We believe it was nothing each, uh, it was certainly a bounce game behind closed doors but the second one was covered by Celtic's media team and we know that we won 4-1 in that particular game as well and the team was a lot stronger. We head off to Japan, two games over there and instead of the uh, game in South Korea, we'll be playing Wolves in Ireland. Fantastic for us to go and visit Ireland. We should be doing that every single season in any case. And then we come back to Celtic Park for James Forrest's testimonial. And who else deserves a testimonial than James Forrest? 14 years, 14 seasons at the club. I think it's phenomenal. Yeah, he's a dying breed. He's a one-club man. And I'll be here. And I hope uh, it's a full house here at Celtic Park for James. How big a part is he going to play this season, though? I'm not too sure. Will he get games... I doubt he'll play 40, 50 games, he might get 20 or 30. Uh, but when we're playing the games, we'll be playing them obviously in the new green and white hoops when we're playing at home. And uh, obviously I've been going on about that particular jersey because I'm not a big fan. I've just had a look there at the Superstore, I've seen it in the flesh, still not a fan. You don't mess with the hoops, they're classic, they're green and white hoops, don't mess with them. Um, I don't mind some of the trims, some of the addition of colour. Last season it was silver, before we've seen it gold, and now we're seeing it in black. But the hoops have got to be consistent, they've got to be clean. And unfortunately, I'm not a fan. Um, the other issue at the moment is ticket allocations. Now we knew that this would rear its ugly head out of Ibrox and uh, they've told us that we can get 700 for next season. I fully expect Celtic to knock that back and uh, we will be going to Celtic Park uh, with a full house of Celtic fans as well. And then we hear that uh, Hearts are following suit at Tynecastle. They're going to offer us between six and 700 and I fully expect Celtic to knock that back as well. So four big away fixtures. What does that say for the atmosphere? Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, the home advantage at both Ibrox and Tynecastle is bad enough, but I think it's also an advantage in terms of the decisions that you get from referees at these grounds. Uh, there was a suggestion last season that they were scared to make a decision against Rangers. Will you imagine the toxic atmosphere at Tynecastle and at Ibrox if a big decision wasn't to go the home side's way? That's my biggest concern. Now this, is a roundup of the weekly comings and goings at Celtic Park. I'm Paul John Dykes for a Celtic State of Mind. Please join us again at 12.30 tomorrow for the Axon Bulletin. Network.